0: Yo, it is, it's 1, 2, 3, that's the time. It's 23 minutes past 1 on the morning of Sunday, the 20th of March. Welcome to the Emergence Podcast. I don't know what time it is right now by you or when you're listening to this or where in the future you are, but I'm recording this on the 20th of March, 2022, in any case. Uh, So yeah, it's been one hell of a weekend. Well, it's been one heaven of a weekend. Actually, it's been uh, two wonderful nights of creative collaborations and stuff. Good creative energy. On Friday night, Peter ended played at Railways, and I think there was like three hundred and fifty people in the venue. It was really dope. It was a there was a lot of good energy, and uh, Fuzzy Gish played before us. I haven't seen them. I can't. I don't even know when I saw Fuzzy Gish the first time. Maybe like twenty years ago. I swear I was still in school or something. But anyway, it was quite spectacular to see them still in action on Friday night, uh, blowing up the venue. And we went on after them and also had a righteous time. It was such a bonce. Thank you to everybody that came out on Friday night to Railways. Uh, but then it's got a couple of shows coming up. I can't remember them all. Just check, check whatever you check to see where the shows are. Uh, One of the best places to check that, obviously, is my Patreon account. <laughs> I, I'm i not going to do a long Patreon punt, but if you'd like to support all of my creative projects, uh, you can do that at patreon.com slash Uh, I, Yeah, whatever, whatever. Okay, that's the end of the Patreon punt. But basically, it's like buying me... Oh, it, okay, so I'm, I was lying. It wasn't the end of the Patreon punt, but like... Basically, it's like buying me a coffee every month. It's a very simple model for like $3 a month. You get access to a whole lot of behind-the-scenes shit. And I, I mean, I make an effort. I've been doing this, the the Patreon game, for like a year and a bit now. And uh, I really enjoy it. It feels like the people that are there really want to be there. You know, a lot of people sort of, you know, commit to a, a monthly pledge and then kind of forget about it. And God bless you, all of those people. Uh, But a lot of people do get quite into it and uh, contribute in really interesting ways to my creative journey, like literally even in collaborations and all kinds of interesting shit. Like one really good example is Marshall Furi. Big shout out to Marshall, uh, who like claimed his Patreon free ticket to the Ender Railway show. And then he was there and it was an awesome jam and we took a picture afterwards. And then Louis' car wouldn't start. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, the only person I still know at Railways is Marshall. So I phoned Marshall, and Marshall helped Louis, who's one of the members of Bitterrander, to start his car. You know what I mean? It's that, it's that level of, of connection <laughs> that the Patreon fam has. You get to help my fellow band members start their cars at 1am 1 1 a. in the parking lot at Railways. <laughs> this is the kind of uh uh, patreon benefits that you get in my patreon fam okay but jokes aside i mean marshall and viola his partner uh you know have been at my poetry readings in the park and marshall even came along to the uh, recording session we had at alan lang's studio the other day what when i say the other day i mean like a couple of weekends ago so listen I made a post about Alan Lang's studio and the fact that that would be the next podcast episode. I'm very aware of that. Uh, but tonight, something really spectacular and special happened. And I re- I sort of, you know, recorded a podcast episode. And I've been editing for like half an hour. And I'm like, okay, cool. This one is now going to be the next episode. Because the thing we did at Alan's studio... We took like I don't know how many mics. We took like fifteen mics. though no, I'm obviously exaggerating, but took we took a lot of mics in there, and we did a whole like uh, talk, and then we did some performance stuff in Ellen's studio. So that is gonna take me a while to edit. I've I've got into it, but I'm not done. So, you know, in the in the spirit of the emergence podcast, like what has emerged tonight is very spontaneous and has proven a little bit easier and quicker to edit. And I kind of got into it, and I just started applying some effects. And next thing, it's kind of done. So here I am recording the intro. Um, it's a uh, it was a special day today. So last night we did the 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 Bitter Energy Get Railways. Got home at like one, and woke up at like seven. And we cruised. When I say we, I mean a crew of filmmakers. Uh, It's kind of a vattled and hear my voice partnership as well as, uh, you know, a couple of people from Open Window. And we went to uh, the poet Busi Machlangu's house in Mamalodi and we recorded a beautiful, beautiful, intimate, uh, you know, documentary episode of her and her life and her family and her poetry. Uh, You know, most importantly, the poetry. So it's a it's a series of stuff we're shooting about. Poets in South Africa. And uh yeah, I'm very excited about it. Like I really think some of the footage we got today and some of the content was magic. And we ended it with a show or like a little performance, or it was actually it was something in between. It was like a conversation, it was kind of like a live podcast recording, actually. At Vula Food Shack in Pretoria, which is a beautiful venue, it's one of the nicest places to hang out in Pretoria in the evening. There's a beautiful tree with lights in it, and there's a little bar and a little restaurant, and it's just a good vibe. Um, so we went there and we we arranged the uh, conversation between Bussy uh, and a visiting Swedish poet called Sara Harib. Uh, she's Swedish, but she also has Iraqi. Uh, uh, lineage. And it was just such a cool conversation. Uh, I'd never met Sarah before. And uh, I was just really struck by the the amazing conversation that Busi and Sarah had, you know, completely unmediated, like no one was that they were just kind of talking, you know, in dialogue. And we kind of, uh, you know, Flex and I, uh, and, and Ishmael and Mo Africa from Hear My Voice, we discussed the potential of of this gig and should we have a mediator or an MC or something. And eventually we're like, yo, let's just, let's just let the post chat and it it turned out to be such a great conversation. So they just talked and they naturally flowed into different poems and stuff. I don't even know how long the the entire audio file is. I can look, but uh, I mean, it's here on my timeline, but I've gone and deleted parts of it because I'm just keeping a little part of it in uh, this podcast episode with both poets permission. I did ask both of them tonight, if it's cool, if I uh, include, you know, part of what they, what they talked about. So that's coming up. Um, uh, so I do just want to give a big shout out to Busi for, you know, hosting us today, allowing us in her home. And part of the the thing we shot was an interview between Busi and her mom, which was just like super moving. Uh, and it was just, it was just a really, really good day of talking about poetry and the power of poetry, and I think the big theme that came through in in Bussy's work and the stuff that she was writing and talking about today was, you know, um, poetry is like a map to finding yourself. Um, that that just really stuck with me today, and uh, maybe that would be the the theme of the day. Anyway, so we ended up at. Um, at Vula, but, in uh, you know, I'm not going to say much more about that because I, <laughs> I do do a little intro about that anyway. And after the show, I was like, yo, Sara, you know, I have a podcast. Do you quickly want to chat? And we sort of, uh, you know, I literally just put my phone down on the table and we had a chat. And there was sort of blasting socky music, you know, uh, as is typical of many venues in Pretoria coming from a nearby establishment. And uh, it kind of competed with the 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 reading itself, but it was such a beautiful thing that the reading, uh, you know, of these two female uh, non afrikaans <laughs> poets was so much. You know, it it really pierced through in my in my you know worldview. Anyway, it really pierced through the noise. It was like that was louder than the music, you know, and and I mean that in a in a sort of spiritual sense. It was a it was quite a profound experience for me anyway. And uh, yeah, so I had a good time. Uh, I hope you enjoy listening to the to the podcast. I want to give a special shout out to Bongi and to Bianca who recorded the audio that you will hear at the end of the show. So uh, basically what's going to happen is I'm going to play for you now the interview with Sarah. Uh, which happened immediately after the show i've be- i've applied a little bit of denoise you know uh uh effect to the to the audio and a bit of a sort of parametric equalizer and like you know messed with messed with the frequencies a little bit but it's pretty raw it's just the phone on the table uh you can still hear some of the socky music in the background uh but i've denoised it a little bit and then it's just going to automatically flow into um Busi and Sara uh, having, you know, like part of the interview that happened between, no, not the interview, sorry, the conversation between Busi and Sara that happened uh, just before my interview with Sara. So I'm just going to let those sort of flow into each other. And that's the episode. The whole thing is probably going to be about an hour or so, depending on how long this ramble goes. Uh, my word of becoming notorious for these way too long intro rambles. But anyway... I'm trying my best out here, y'all. Are you trying your best? That is the question you should ask yourself. Are you trying your best? Anyway, I I can't remember if I sang the jingle, so I'm just going to sing it again. Welcome to episode four of the Emergence Podcast. Yo, so it's a Saturday evening in the city of Pretoria, and I am sitting at Vula Food Shack, and we've just had a beautiful gig Uh, co-presented by Varelt and Hear My Voice um, which is a non-profit organization hosting poetry uh, stuff all over South Africa. I love them dearly. The three directors have become friends of mine over the past few... I think it's been like a year since I met them. Uh, They had a a call for uh, poets at the Nirok Sculpture Park um, uh, somewhere in 2021 somewhere. And uh, I applied, and there was like 130 poets or something that applied, and they chose six, and I was one of the lucky people to go on this one-day uh, residency at the nyrock Sculpture Park with Hear My Voice, and it was fucking cool. It was, you know, it was just so nice to meet a lot of young poets. There were some older poets too, but uh, just like, you know, reconnect with uh, the community of poets um, in South Africa and all the different energies uh, in that space. And since then, you know, I just fell in love with what Hear My Voice is doing, and I have reached out to them on a number of occasions. Or, I mean, we just, you know, we bonded and we started collaborating on shit. And uh, specifically a man called Pomolo Sekamoto, uh, AKA Flex from Flex of He and I. And he's even jumped on stage with Bitter Eindir, uh at Suvar Bar in November last year and dropped a verse on a song called The Ones. And uh, we've done a whole bunch of shows together, you know, as sort of Hear My Voice and Vareld co-presenting like uh, at the Mochale Festival in 2021. We uh, co-produced and hosted a show called World Play. And this evening we co-produced a thing uh, uh, with a uh, a visiting poet from Sweden uh, in sort of residency with Hear My Voice and Busi Machlangu from uh, Mamelodi. And we had a great conversation, and uh, as I speak, Flex and Sarah are approaching the table we're doing a young podcast recording quick. Flex, but you you were okay, Flex is out, <laughs> but Sarah is staying
1: I'm still here
0: yeah, so I've invited Sarah over for a quick chat. Yes so Sarah, the premise of my um, of my podcast is emergence. Mm. It comes from this uh, this, uh, this weird American Dutch band called the books it's these two guys, and yeah. they they basically started this archive of recording the one guy he's in a wheelchair yeah and he just has this archive of recordings that he collected of like audio shit from all over the world and the other guy is a bassist and a vocalist and the two of them met at a party or something and then they realized that they have a lot in common and then they started a band and they, they released like two or three albums and then they sort of disappeared i don't know what they're doing these days but they sort of gained a cult following they called the books you have mm. to check them out mm. And their whole process was aleatoric, which means you kind of you roll the dice Mm. and you kind of see what happens. Mm. And the one guy in the short dockey about their about their band said like um, he believes in the process of emergence, which is setting up the conditions in which something is bound to happen. And for me, as a creative person, that resonated on such a deep level Mm. that I I realized that's what I've been doing for 25 years, like since I started my first band in 1998 and (laughs) started writing poetry and stuff. Like that's how I think about creativity. There's a lot of rolling the dice and chance. Mm. Mm. You know, it's craft. It's like perfecting what you're good at and skill and developing your Mm. skill. But so much of it is setting up the conditions in which something is bound to happen. So like tonight, You know we don't really know what we're doing like you know flex and i have been talking about doing a docy about poetry yeah. so we we thought cool we're gonna go to busi's house and interview her as a yeah. kind of pilot episode and then we knew you were here on mm. residency because of hear my voices energy and like how what they do for poetry in this country mm. and then we were like cool this venue we've been meaning to do something here you know and then it all comes together and in the end you have this beautiful night that's like it's scripted, but it's also not. It's mm. so loose and chaotic, mm. you know. And like here we are with a phone. It's not even like <laughs> proper recording <laughs> yeah, equipment. Yeah. And
2: so spontaneous, also.
0: That's that's kind of the thing. So I mean, I don't even have an opening question, except maybe like, how do you, mm. how do you resonate with uh, the aleatoric or the or the the, the idea of chance? Mm. In your own creative process. I mean, I know very little about you. Literally, yeah. like, yeah, this was your... like the first time, maybe, like, even, yeah, hearing... seeing me. Well, I mean, I you know, I saw your picture on the yeah, Hear My Voice. Yeah. Okay, cool. She's in the country. There's a lot of hype yeah. around your presence.
2: But, like seeing me as a being, like you know, just doing my thing, speaking and like performing. Yeah. So, yeah. The thing I, I actually like the name of this podcast And I fi- find like the history behind it Or like for the name to come Like with that band that you spoke about I really like that <laughs> Rolling the dice And then just seeing what happens So I in some way Like I do believe in Faith, faith. Like I believe like things do happen for a reason But in a way like we We write our Books, shout out to the books. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. yeah. Like we are there writing as, as like, as we're living it, and many things just happen by chance. Like the best things that happened to me in life happened just by me being in a situation, and then eventually that turned out into a bigger thing. Like for for example, like I I my my little sister, she was like going to this school and learning how to read in Arabic. And then I like was just taking her there and spontaneously like after that I became a teacher there for four years. Like how did that even happen, you know? It was really like by chance but also faith, like in
0: a way. And and in a strange way, like when you become a teacher, yeah. it's the most fulfilling yeah. experience you can have. Like I've been a teacher now for I was a teacher in a township school for five years, and now I've been at Open Window Film Arts, which is a film school for nine years. So that's yeah. like 14 years. And I also kind of stumbled into it. Yeah. you know. Like, But once you're in that space of facilitating the sharing of knowledge and yeah. seeing other people sort of unlocking things in themselves, mm. it becomes... I would say the most rewarding mm. thing in the world. So, like
2: the teaching is not only by you giving something out, like you receiving as well. So much, yeah, so, so much. I agree with that. Because every time I am like doing workshops or like teaching, I, I, I'm there to learn. I'm not there to teach. Honestly, like it's more of me coming there to learn about, about these kids or like learning about life because they give me a different perspective. Yeah
0: My wife also said like You know During lockdown Which was a very difficult time Obviously Mm. for all of us Mm. I'm sure even in Sweden Sweden is quite an interesting Case study About what happened In lockdown Yes it's been
2: difficult But like honestly We've been like Living as if There was no lockdown Like we didn't have A proper lockdown We just had restrictions Yeah I want
0: to come back to that Like I definitely want to Ask you about Sweden And and their their approach To the whole You know Pandemic And the response And everything But um like my, my wife, you know, said to me during the, the, the lockdown times, like the, the time I was in the best mood, because mm. I honestly, I did struggle with like depression, maybe mm. for the first time in my life mm. last year. Um, but the times when I was like on a high was when I would just given a good class. Yeah, like a two hour online theory class, like about film theory. But somehow the students were locked in and mm. each one of them sitting in their own little space locked into their own little mm. device somehow in the chat and in their responses to the ideas like you know in the in the past teaching theory was easy it's mm. like you walk into a room and you read the room and there's energy and it's you're, you're feeding off each other and you share an idea and then everybody goes mm. in little groups and you debate and you mm. know the humanities is great because it's a never-ending conversation yeah. so so that that was so easy to do in a way before we were staring into our laptops you know um, you don't
2: realize like how much you want to see uh, a human And oh like Even even like When you do an online class You know Imagine when people were like Shutting down the camera Like just black screens What does that do to you Like to Dude, not see no. Not see eyes Not see a face
0: Some of my colleagues Literally You know Like I mean I, I, I shouldn't I guess Speak out about it But <laughs> I'll just speak in general terms yeah, Like had that. to fucking Check into yeah.
3: Clinical like,
0: People were yeah, yeah It feels like you're talking Into the void yeah. It's like Is anyone there You know So yeah. that That was really hard But um, but but something about even in that time like mm. there was still the ability to connect so thank God I guess for technology and, yeah. and the ability to connect in that time but yeah so so teaching is very much about mm. what you receive mm. the energy that you get from other people and the mm. feeling of sharing not not knowledge like sharing something almost spiritual and I feel like what happened tonight mm. Was the same thing, you yeah. know. I love that the music has calmed down just <laughs> as yes. we started talking. But yeah. like the whole, he was loud. The whole gig tonight was like the, there was this battle between this African Soki music that was <laughs> playing in the background, which I've spent my whole life battling. Yeah. And in such a beautiful way, you and Busi tonight were this voice that just—I mean—I was mixing the sound, and I felt like it was my spiritual calling to mm. to make your voice be crystal clear through that noise. Mm in my own i mean you you won't understand all the baggage necessarily because you're new in this country but Mm. the the burden i've had to carry as a young afrikaans person trying to grow up in this country Mm. i don't know if you can imagine it but it's been fucking hard Mm. and somehow tonight just being allowed to be the person to turn the volume oh, up on your that. microphone yeah. was like You'd
2: be like shut up now there's this there's
0: <laughs> this like iraqi swedish yeah like you know female poet that is louder than the african soki music it was like a profound spiritual thing yeah. for me yeah and i couldn't Plan that or know that that was what was going to happen yeah. and spending time with pussy today uh, but like you know, imagine
2: also the power you had there where you could like block out that sound like you like with just your finger exactly
0: like, and and you know thinking yeah. about the history of my country and stuff yeah. and the the power that i had to make you go louder yeah, was so beautiful yeah, you know yeah. there was something really beautiful in that but i love that i mm. i also did really enjoy it in a in a poetic um way uh so but but speaking about sweden tell me tell me what it was like being in sweden during the during pandemic. the
2: lockdown so
1: what like... was the name
0: of that doctor guy the, the oh, leader in Anders your country? Yeah. he
2: actually uh, left now the like uh, his position on the um as what is it what is even his position in english you know what i mean like
0: his, his job
2: yeah the spokesperson of okay, whatever yeah. that was uh, oh it sounds like so bad saying it that way. but yeah the thing is he's moving on now to something else but he was like the face of like everyone listen to andesh please like that was the thing like listen to him but the special thing about like the lockdown in sweden or like it, sh- it wasn't even a lockdown honestly was that we were like in a mental state of like chaos while we even like we had the freedom in a way because we were not fined by doing things we could go out like we could like even wearing wearing a mask was not mandatory like we yeah we like did live as if there was no lockdown in, in a sense you know we had some restric- restrictions but i think the hardest part for me was like not not meeting people so when when that all happened i was still studying and like all our own, our, our classes were like online like instantly and and for like the last one and a half year of my studies I didn't see my classmates so we didn't like really get to connect and grow that relationship that I wished we had and eventually now like still working I still work online so I've been like online for how many years now three years maybe soon and the thing is yes I do like cheat by going to cafes to see people because I cannot see my colleagues I cannot see like I couldn't see the students so I went to like work and then as soon as I was like please I just want to see a human face I just look up (laughs) and see people like interacting dating like whatever like and that was like kind of my situation and it, it, it was like it was what kept me like sane so there were
0: restrictions
2: yeah there were restrictions uh, as to like how many people could go into a store and into a cafe like some restaurants had to lock down you know like there were that type of restrictions but like we were not completely um how do you say like
0: locked down locked down yeah yeah okay okay and what do you think that did for the sort of psychology of the nation
2: um we like Sweden is already a very like dark like if you think about the sunlight and how many hours of sun we get like winter depression is real in sweden so like on on top of that not being able to like meet people like face to face and having many like online classes and online online working and like yeah it's it's been quite tough and especially for the women in sweden like um the, the rate of like women being in, in uh, like abusive relationships Ending up very, very tragically. Like that's been that's been very upsetting the to The gender-based hear. violence. Y- stuff, yeah. Okay. Yes, exactly. In this country
0: too. Yeah. Yeah. I think and all over the world. I mean, it's.
2: Did that also like
0: it's become to even hear more that it's like even in Sweden yeah. in like this very egalitarian sort of very progressive first mm. world society? Even there, it happens.
2: Yeah, I think that's like the thing that when you hear those stories, and obviously, like we don't, we should talk about it more than we do. But to to hear that uh, the the statistics have been changing like, it's tragic. It really is. Okay. Some people like can't even like yeah. You, you you see how privileged you are, but like you also see how people like your neighbors struggling in a way. Yeah, yeah. It's an eye opener.
0: Okay. What are you what are you studying just to bring it back to yeah another topic so
2: i was studying uh, uh, speech and language pathology and now i am a language and speech uh, pathologist okay yes.
0: explain that to people who don't know what it is
2: dokey. so we work with communication we work work with like voice and speech and language and also like swallowing that is all like uh, uh, in that category like yeah so my work is actually in school and that's kind of like why we are connecting on this like teaching thing i don't teach but like there are obviously children in school who who are struggling more than others uh, who have dyslexia or other like type of uh, difficulties with learning and they need that help so um i'm kind of that voice for them uh, in a way like to make the environment more uh, focused on children who have difficulty with learning especially with like speech uh, impairments
0: so what is what is the role of swallowing just a just a yeah. brief just a brief note on that like one of the interesting things yeah. about homo sapiens that i remember i read somewhere was like our our ability to to speak yeah. has evolved Because we have something in our voice box Mm. sort of changed over time Mm. and the fact we're we're the only mammals that can choke, Mm. I don't know, do you know that?
1: No, I did not know that. So we're the
0: (laughs) only mammals who can choke when we're swallowing, like all other mammals, I think this is maybe, I mean, I stand to be, you know, I stand stand possibly corrected, but like what i remember reading somewhere is like we're the only mammals who can choke but that's a sacrifice that we made to be in our to evolution speak. to be able to, to, to speak. speak and sing yes which is like two of the most important things that make us humans. human yeah i mean the other obvious one is like childbirth and the big brain and the pain yeah. caused in in giving birth yeah which is also evolutionarily kind mm, of mm, strange mm. it's like it doesn't make sense that such a big Head would come out of such a small opening, you yeah, know? Like, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And then, and then the other odd one is the fact that we so the big brain and the fact that we can speak yeah. are the two things that have made us yeah. like yeah. Human. I guess, yeah. human, yeah,
2: yeah. If you compare it to like animals and stuff like yeah. that, and you, you're talking like about the swallowing part, so actually, that's a very like small part of like my job, but people, not everyone can like drink and eat. Um, quotations now like naturally like some people eat uh through a tube uh through like their stomachs like so i think that's also like a thing that we need to consider that even if we are so evolved as humans and we can do that there are like people like with the, the modern technology we could help people who don't have the like the anatomy to do that yeah uh, so, with the swallowing, we could work with children. some people, um especially kids, are struggling to like eat naturally or like gain weight as they grow up yeah okay mm.
0: so that so that was just a part of what you yeah. were. Studying,
2: yeah, that's that's part of like the work. Like you could work with people who who have a difficulty with eating and swallowing. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah,
0: super interesting.
2: Yeah, it's really interesting, honestly, and also like the the part that you brought up with like the voice and the and the, our ability to speak and like how they like in a way live in the same world like swallowing and and because their tubes are like right next to each other. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So. I mean, that, that makes me think a little bit about some of the stuff that you and Busi were talking yeah. about tonight in terms of translation, speaking more than one language, yeah. like the profound thing about being humans is like we're meeting tonight and we're able to communicate with each other. Yeah. And. English is both of our second language I'm assuming third, Your third, language. third right, language Right, right, yeah. right Is
2: it your
1: second it's language? My,
0: I only speak two languages like, <laughs> <laughs> some,
2: What's some, your first language? Afrikaans. Afrikaans yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So I, I, I sort of speak some other languages Like I can greet really well And then people yeah. are like Hey! And then they start speaking Little like, And it. then I'm like Oh shit, sorry I just, <laughs> Like hola,
2: como estas? Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah
0: No comprende, <laughs> motherfucker Like that's what I got Yeah um, But anyway uh, no, but you, you were saying some really cool stuff about, like, since you've been in South Africa, mm. it's interesting because obviously your Swedish poetry
2: yeah.
0: in lots of ways is inaccessible. And yet, tonight when you read, when you performed at yeah. least the one Swedish poem, it's, there's something about, like, spending time in a poetry community and mm. hearing intonation and hearing rhythm and hearing delivery. Mm. Like, it's it's the weirdest thing. I don't know how to explain it. But, like, you were doing this this poem in Swedish. Mm. So I'm a fan of Roy Anderson I don't know if you know him He's a Swedish mm. uh, filmmaker mm. um, And I also like Yes, I know him uh, yeah, yeah. And I also yes. like Ingmar Bergman And yeah. you know Like I, yeah. I, I, I've I, When I watch Swedish films Yeah The odd thing is There's a lot of words That uh, do translate really well mm. Into Afrikaans mm. I think they share a Germanic uh, mm. yes. Origin Yes l- Linguistic origin So like uh, What's the word for family album? Um Foto album Futu album yeah. Like in Afrikaans It's foto album Oh yeah It's like literally, <laughs> literally the, exact the same word. words. Yeah. So like you were saying A lot of shit That I was like Oh there's that word Oh there's that word yeah. Oh there's that word And I could actually Catch on to it And then Matched Matched with the Intonation The passion of your delivery The emotion The, the sort of The delivery of a Spoken word poet mm. Which is about Knowing when to pause And when mm. to rhyme And when to set up A punchline And all of that stuff the the most bizarre experience for me is that I I felt it. Yeah. It's like I didn't really know what the fuck you were talking about. Yeah. I mean, I I heard photo album and you preempted it with saying something about a family tree. Yeah. But like, <laughs> you know, you were speaking Swedish, which is a language I cannot speak at all. Yeah. And somehow like it, it it went beyond meaning. It it was like a spiritual like a vibe and weird enough uh mm. one of my one of my students who was also here helping us shoot the docky, her name is yeah. bianca yeah. she's also an afrikaans girl her favorite poem of the night was was that, that one. Oh, wow. I mean, it did, it, it obviously helped that afterwards you then said it in English, yeah, you know, to to help us get access. But I swear to God, like the the Swedish bit was mm. more for me than mm. the mm. the English bit. Mm. I mean, that's just and I interesting. Feel like, I have and no idea. I feel idea. like in a
2: way, like also, uh, that's been my thing with why I write in, in Swedish. Now I, I, I did some English poems tonight as well, because I've been trying to write in English while being here. But I, I used to say like before coming here, like the only language that I can write in is Swedish. Why? Because that's the language of my heart. That's what I said. But like the thing is when that's that's the most interesting part about writing, like when you write a poem and it really like comes from your feelings and comes like with the emotions. That's maybe also why you felt it more when I when I read the poem in Swedish or performed it.
0: Yeah. I it, think it, just, it, was, just it was it
2: was from my heart Just it was a note not Like from, the
0: fact that you Didn't read it yeah. Is even more powerful The yeah. fact that it's coming from You know yeah. The spoken word memory Yeah 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 yeah
2: I didn't read it I yeah, performed yeah. It, but yeah. it Yeah yeah, I, f- I felt like you No know, language is in the brain But I felt like it was coming from my heart, honestly So
0: that, that makes me think of another thing Like when I started this podcast I was in conversation with a friend of mine called Jürgens. Yeah, We we planned this podcast maybe three years ago And, and it was supposed to be conversations between him and I mm. And I was saying to him Yo, I think we should do this in English And he was like Afrikaans speaks to the heart yeah. And English speaks to the head
2: Yeah. <laughs> and I was
0: like I know, but But it's something that I'm still struggling with. Like yeah. as a musician, a lot of what I do is actually in Afrikaans mm-hmm. also, which mm-hmm. is my home language, it's my mother tongue. Mm. And in that way, I've had to wrestle with a lot of demons. Mm. We were just speaking to Tabiso before this yes. about fucking your demons. But like I've had to wrestle with a lot of demons to be able to make something in Afrikaans because of how how difficult Afrikaans is for me as a person. Mm. But if we weren't speaking English now, we couldn't, mm. you know, speak to each other. Yeah. And that's the weird legacy of this sort of Mm. post-colonial, you know, reality in which we found ourselves. Like, England, like, played risk and they looked at the world map and they fucked up the whole world map. But in this way, it's like as much as we hate that legacy
2: that's part of like it's our part tongue. of our
0: ability yeah, to be able to, to even have yeah. this conversation yeah so it's a it's definitely a curse i mean obviously colonialism is a blessing it's a blessing, it's a blessing
2: and a curse because the thing is I, i'm way better in swedish than i am in arabic and it pains me really because i wished it wasn't that way but i but in a way like i found myself through swedish because that's the language that I carried with me so, with so many years, and like through studying and through being in school and while reading and when, while trying to find myself, I did that with the Swedish language. Oh. That's also why, like, it speaks to my heart because, in a way, like, my heart started to beat to the like the Swedish language. Wow. Yeah. So. Were you I, born in Sweden? Yeah, I'm born in Sweden. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I think like even if the Arabic came from home and it came from my mother's heart. I found myself with the Swedish language. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And maybe that's also what you're experiencing. Like it's very difficult with like the Afrikaans and like the whole battle that you have with the language while it's like on your tongue you cannot yeah. cannot like get rid of it.
0: Yeah. It's like
2: in a way maybe you also found yourself with that language.
0: I did, I did, and it took long, yeah. I was like deep in my 20s when I, I'm in a band called Bitter Ender, which yeah. uh, is an Afrikaans band, it means like Die Hard, mm. but even the name comes from Afrikaans history and whatever, don't worry, I'm not gonna <laughs> educate you on Afrikaans <laughs> history right now, but it's like, uh, you know, it, it took a lot for me to start mm. rapping in Afrikaans, yeah. where. I'd been rapping in English my whole life and rebelling against Afrikaans as hard as I could because Mm. I didn't want to be Mm. positioned in that space. Mm. But in a weird way, when I took the mic in Afrikaans and I wrote in Afrikaans, Mm. it's like actually for the first time I was who I was supposed to be, you know? Mm. And I remember that like taking that mic for the first time in 2011, Mm. we had our first show Mm. and it was this profound spiritual experience to to stand there and for the first time I wasn't pretending to be anyone else. I mm. wasn't hiding as some spoken word rapper called Ajax. I wasn't running away from my heritage. Yeah. I was Barent Jakubis mm. van der Marva. I was Jakub van der Marva rapping in Afrikaans to this 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 audience in my in my home city who had been waiting for mm. someone to do that to mm. say yo hip hop is this universal language mm. it's rhythm and poetry mm. it's like and then I could articulate things that had been waiting, you could say, in the spiritual realm for a very long time. Yeah. And I mean, I'll, you know, that those first couple of years that that Ender was on the scene was a very spiritual
2: yeah.
0: uh, thing for a lot of people. A lot of people are very emotional and very. It's a profound experience they had listening to our first album and connecting with that shit. Mm, So there is something about the way that language speaks to the heart.
3: Flex is here looking at how
0: much. Flex, how many languages can you speak? No, but I'm
2: just waiting on the number of people that are
0: waiting on you. Nah, I don't care about those people. Me me and Sarah are are talking. (laughs) We're vibing here. We're we're in a thing. I don't know. No, we can't. I don't know. Give me your keys to your spot. Like five, five minutes. Five minutes. He says five minutes. (laughs) <laughs> Five minutes. So, I as I look at them, I see a whole army of people waiting. I realize Magalila doesn't. Yeah, they're all waiting for me to take yeah. to, to take all the gear home. <laughs> uh, but yeah, what do you what do you think about that?
2: I think, uh, in a sense, like when you did that, stood on stage and like did the whole rap. I think like you took control of the language. So, did you study like in Afrikaans? no no how did like that language become like part of your like how did so
0: it is my home language like it's what my parents speak it's Mm -hmm. what i spoke Mm -hmm. but i i learned to hate it from primary school because i was mocked yeah in primary school by i was in english primary i was in english schools all my life yeah that's part of my story as a person and as an artist is like i mean
2: but you know when you're handed the language like you don't have a choice like also like this is me coming as a speech and language pathologist like when you hear a language a child stops hearing sounds from another language when there are like It's the first years of their life. After that, they cannot hear a difference between... Say, for example, if you're Japanese, you cannot hear the difference between R and L, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that that is, like, a thing that happens when you're a child and you don't have a choice in a way. Like, you're handed a language. I was, like... Swedish was handed to me. I began kindergarten when I was, like, one years old. I had this language, like, just pumped into my brain. And I didn't have a choice in a way. But... And I felt, like because I, uh, Swedish came from school, it came from society. Like I, I was living in Swedish in Sweden and like in a way, I was forced to have this language as part of me and it was controlling me. And with poetry, I took control of the language. And that, that is a way like for me to actually, I love writing in Swedish today. Like I, I love that language because I took control of it. I don't know if it makes sense. No, it does. And
0: it does. It's- I don't know if it's control. Like there's this beautiful Afrikaans word called fursunang, which yeah. means reconciliation.
1: Yeah.
0: And the the but the, what's beautiful about it is in the middle of the word is this word sun, Soon. which means kiss. Yeah. Which is which is kind of by mistake, Ways. but it's like fersunang yeah. means to reconciliate yourself, mm. reconcile yourself to the language. Mm. And language Doesn't have to be loaded. I mean, it's always loaded. Like language is always culturally loaded. It comes
2: also with this history. Exactly, and
0: and words or sounds. But when you, I love that word. Take control. For me, it it was slightly different. Was, it was like a humble submission to the fact that this language is a collection of words. Mm. They're beautiful. There's something beautiful about Afrikaans. It's one of the newest languages in the world. Mm. Firstly, it's a, it's a, it's a very uh, it's a very mixed language yeah. and this is what the Afrikaans purists will never acknowledge but yeah. it actually has roots in Islam yeah like some wow, of the some of that. yeah some mm. of the the proper historic study of where Afrikaans comes from is rooted in Islam mm. it's it used to be called like uh uh combase like like kitchen like it's a it's a mixture of Creole it's all the slave languages mm. it's historically very fucking loaded, right? Mm. It's one of the most loaded languages so on earth. So when you
2: say kitchen, like, is it because the language came It's from... where the
0: slaves would yeah. mix with the colonial mm. farm masters or whatever, mm. but there was this mixture yes. of language. Like, yeah. if you really look at the origin of a lot of Afrikaans words, like, I love that some of it's located, like, t- totally in Scandinavian... Mm. And then it's like Malay and Mm. then it's like, Mm. you know, Mm. uh, I mean, obviously a lot of Dutch, but there's like Spanish, there's German and it's all there. And the the word Afrikaans means African, really, when you translate it back. Look, I mean, I don't want to I don't want to ever romanticize or I don't I don't get romantic in that way of like patriotism and yeah, Afrikaans yeah, nationalism yeah. I'm trying really fucking hard just to find anything beautiful in this language mm. and this culture that I find really difficult to engage with it,
2: I think you have it within the, within the communities like even with Swedish I I like I know I know how to speak proper Swedish but I also know how to speak <laughs> which is like the Swedish that came from us mixing our like the streets
0: yeah. yeah, and we
2: mixed our own languages within in the swedish language yeah, that's what yeah. we did so that's why like my one of my first poems that i like performed on stage people are like what the, what is she even saying i'm like this is swedish guys this is färut, and it's because does that people, mean
0: world world swedish
2: no ford is like uh, oh i thought
0: ferult is varult
2: ford uh, or uten is like where i come from
0: so oh, we're, it's a very okay.
2: multicultural place, okay, and beautiful. we have our like we really mixed our um, mother tongues within the Swedish language.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. And
2: we kind of gave birth to that third language. I love
0: that. Yeah. I love
2: that. And um, it's within that community that I actually started to love the Swedish language as well. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, I, I because that's that... what
2: what made us connect our mother tongues together. And, and I
0: love my people. It's identity. Yeah, it's identity. it's identity. And I I love that too. I think people who get purists about language are very irritating like
1: yeah. languages oh, yes.
0: languages evolve that's yes. the fucking point like yeah. afrikaans couldn't have existed if it wasn't for this crazy evolution yeah. this like hybrid of so many different yeah. identities and people who think that it's some Caucasian God-given heavenly yeah. language—that is such a fucked-up position. Like, yeah. so, what was that one word you used when you said people pigeonhole you, like they put you yeah. in a box and they called you a specific <laughs> kind of poet? But then so that's you said the a word. Swedish word, but you never yeah, you never explained that's what the it meant.
2: Same word I used before Swedish. In, when I said which
0: yeah.
2: means like That's where I'm from. Yeah. Swedish. And that's the same words they use.
0: Fertile poets. Fertile poets. <laughs> right. So I'm
2: not just a poet. I'm yeah. a fertile poet. In their eyes, I don't agree, obviously. Like, I can be a, I'm just a poet. Yeah. Where I come from, that's part of my identity, but it, it, it doesn't like minimize me as a poet, you know? And the same, the thing is with fertile transca, that is like, that, that I vibe with, like the word coming before that, because that's the language we created. But to be part of like the poetry world and to be a poet, um, it should be enough with just that word. Yeah. No. I I just
0: wanna I just wanna linger on that word a bit. So it's called, Färld. How do you spell F-fer-ut. it? Färld. So yeah. it's
2: the F, and yeah. then it's the O with double dots. Yeah,
0: and then R, and then U L D. T.
2: Yeah. And then O T O R T,
0: Färld. Färld. Okay. I Short
2: can... we say Uten.
0: And it Ut. means where you're from.
2: Actually, like proper proper translation would be like the i think it's it would be like the suburbs but it doesn't fit that's why okay, yeah, yeah you, okay. you give me that yeah, look yeah, that... it doesn't fit that's why i don't like translating yeah, that yeah, word yeah. because people will not come and ask us and will not come to sweden and try to experience what do we mean when we say Utten. they like if you translate the word like people will be like oh but like the suburbs like that's a nice place right yeah so like that's why i don't translate the word
0: It's not like streets. I'm just trying. That's the thing. That's the thing. Yeah, I
2: know you're groping for something. That's to try connected to. Yeah, yeah. So, Uh, so actually, like I talked about the poem that's in the museum in Sweden, and the word that we used to translate into it's into English for utten or "förut" was the hood.
0: And, and that's don't, what and you hate. I don't oh, that's like. that's what you regret. Yeah, I,
2: I regret it because I don't like. I feel like that word came from the U.S. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and it it every country has their own history. Like every every person is come like battling some type of like thing and I feel like in Sweden we we do have our battle it should like it does like obviously we can see similarities with the US I can see similarities here with South Africa but like every place has their own story so I love that you guys use the word townships yeah okay yeah so for me first like I was like what is that okay if you translate it like I, I, like, I literally found out, found out what it was by going there. And yeah. I, that's what I want. I want people to come to us. Yeah. Come to Uten. Come to, like, Sweden.
0: Yeah. Okay. I, I the next time I'm in Europe, I'm coming to Uten. Marco <laughs> is coming to arrest me. Do we have to go home? Break They're going to turn, the turn off the lights? Yeah. Then we're okay, going to be in the guys. darkness.
2: Thank you so think, much for this I conversation. I think, like, we could you, talk forever. <laughs> I
0: know, no, I... I love when uh, a kindred spirit passes, uh, oh. you know, crosses my path. I really enjoyed your, your poems and your thank vibe you. and your person, and I, I hope we can connect again. Oh,
2: yeah, I hope so too.
1: Thank I, you so much. I
0: have every intention. Thirty-six minutes of, <laughs> of sa- thirty. He
2: said twenty. Yeah, like, I know. I, like, I
0: lied. I just said that so just, everyone else would yeah, uh, allow us to be in this it. corner quickly. And uh, I'm definitely gonna. I'm gonna try cut your poem yeah. that you did that we spoke about yeah. into the episode and make it a thing. Yeah. Because emergence. That. Roll the dice. See what happens. <laughs> let it let it fall where it will. Thank you very much, Sarah. Thank you so much. Go back to Sweden and be blessed.
3: I'll <laughs> <laughs> we'll do that. Good evening, everyone. Uh, so excited to have you here. Uh, like Sarah and I's view is. Really beautiful. I hope you also have a beautiful view since you're looking at us.
1: Hopefully. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Hopefully. Uh, but yeah, I'm so excited to have this conversation with Sarah. She's been here since the 10th yeah. of March, uh, exploring Joburg and Pretoria. Hmm. And we've had some few conversations off stage. Uh, so it's nice to bring this on stage today. Yeah. and to dig further than we've done in our own conversations. Yes. Uh, I hope you've been enjoying South Africa.
2: I really ha- have been enjoying South Africa. So as Mo Africa said before, this is my first time like traveling alone abroad. This is my first time in South Africa and uh, like my expectations, they were like here and everything is like here in reality. So I'm so happy to be here and like the experiences and like the people, the conversations, that's been like amazing, meeting people, meeting poets and talking about poetry. Yeah, and that's also why I'm so excited to talk with you, Busi, because we have been talking off stage. Like this is the first time to actually Dive deep and talk about poetry, and um, yeah.
3: So, like, what stood out for you so far here?
2: Here, um, I guess one thing that's really like um, been, in a way, like both difficult but also like amazing for me to explore is language mm. and how because I actually only write in Swedish, mm. uh, but before coming here I was like no, let's like let's translate my poems and also while being here like, I've only been writing in English, yeah. so that's like, for me the thing was switching languages and in a way what does that do with a poet mm. to um, start writing in a language that is not the language that I used to write in, like, or I'm used to. Mm. So I think that's like been a thing that's been on my mind a lot while being here, what languages can do and how much language actually means to us. Mm. And uh, I assume as you also are like a uh, multi-languaged person (laughs) (laughs) that you can like have similar experiences with like language and poetry.
3: Uh, Yes, so for me, I feel like poetry got introduced to me in a way uh, via English Mm. and when I started writing poetry I just started practicing in English and I've been uh, challenging myself to write more in Isisul and to learn Tonga and Isinderele so I guess I should know more languages than I actually know Mm. Uh, but I've seen uh, how language also carries culture Mm -hmm. and it carries memories and some of the things cannot really be translated Mm. from one language to another, like as easy as that. Uh, Some of the stuff get lost in translation. Uh, Last week, Saturday, I was doing a performance at Goat Institute for the mother. Day languages, the International Mother Day languages. I was
2: there and you were amazing. (laughs) Thank
3: you. So, what I struggled with with that performance was uh, translating Isizulu to English, translating English to Isizulu. And during, while I was busy working on the poem that I was supposed to translate, I got a sense that there was no need to translate. Sometimes there is no need uh, to translate some poems have to exist in the language they are written in uh, because that's what they demand. They demand to exist in that language. And it is not a loss when languages are not always translated to English Mm. because it always becomes like that uh, reference, like, oh, this poem must be translated into English. So yeah you know i feel like i've been having so many internal mm. conversations mm. uh with myself it's like oh you need to be more active mm. into writing with isiZulu, and then finding ways to hold myself accountable to that because it's so easy to stick to what you know yeah like i know i've practiced i've learned how to write poetry in english i've learned how to write in english mm. and to say "Good," i want to write in isiZulu. Mm. then i have to hold myself accountable and be active into into doing that mm. you know this has been like a years long project of mm. like i want to write in isiZulu because i studied isiZulu from primary to high school and i'm currently doing an, an isiZulu module in university yeah so just looking back in, at those years where i've been saying i want to do it and then only doing it in parts yes you know has me yes. wondering like why <laughs> yeah
2: yeah i'm actually trying to like use arabic more into my poetry mm. because that's my mother tongue and that's like the language that i've been brought up with mm. but in a way like just a few days ago i was on, on the podcast mm. in Moria and and i um performed a po- poem that i had translated like even the title was totally off like that it was like the wrong word but i didn't know so that was also like a thing like the whole meaning behind the poem um was changed just by me changing that word so so actually like i can like re- resonate a lot with what you say like mm. using another word or like some words shouldn't be translated and like I had that experience with that particular poem and the thing was that poem meant so much to me and I thought that I couldn't share the story properly Mm. and it was like yeah actually let me read that poem
1: yes
3: (laughs) I was about to ask you yes
1: so should I do it in Swedish first yes what do you guys think okay Jag har fastnat i släktträdets yttre kanter som sköra tunna pinnar, halvbrutna kvistar med tillhör ändå stammen. Jag finns där i evighet som ett korn i ökensanden, som en stämma, som en skugga i familjens fotoalbum och en stämma på kassettbanden. Jag saknar din varma hand. Jag ville alltid vara barnbarnet i din famn Ville växa upp med dig i samma land Döpa mina barn i era namn Jag saknar allt Både det jag levt och det jag aldrig haft Jag saknar alla ord jag inte sagt Alla frågor jag inte kunnat ställa Samhoni Våra modersmål blev aldrig parallella Vi behöver ingen översättning Smärtsamma leenden är universella. Jag skäms för att jag lider, jag fäller tårar i persiska viken Jag blöter ned i jag hamrar på den snedda spiken Vill inte glömma hemmet innan detta, så jag sjunger med musiken Till ord jag inte ens begriper Jag saknar tiden, innan kriget satte oss i limbo Smaken av min första vinter. Jag hatar att jag börjar glömma Jag håller hårt om radbandet jag ärvt och känner hur varje pärla ömmar. Inget jag gör kan hålla oss ihop. Vi är som spruckna sömmar, som bortglömda glömda drömmar. Jag har fastnat i släktträdets yttre kanter, som sköra tunna pinnar. halvbrutna kvistar, men jag tillhör ändå stammen. Thank you. Mm.
2: So this poem, now that that we're talking about words, Mm. is actually called Sabha, Mm. which now that we should translate, (laughs) we should like use (laughs) translation, right? Mm. No, I won't do that. I think you would like understand it by context. Mm. So I will actually read you the poem in English.
1: Lost in the branches of my family tree
2: like fragile sticks, half broken twigs, yet still I belong to the tree. I'm here for eternity, like the shadow in my family photo album, and a tone on the cassette tapes. I miss your cool hand, always wanted to be the grandchild in your embrace, grow older in the same land, name my
1: kids in your names, I miss everything, I miss everything we had and what could have been. I miss all the words I didn't say, the questions never asked. Samhuni, for our mother tongues never became parallel. We don't need translation. Painful smiles are universal. Mm. Mm. Ashamed of my pain, in the Persian Gulf my tears rain. The lyrics all wet, hammering on a bent nail. I don't wanna forget the home that came before. So I sing all the wrong words to our folk songs. Mm. I miss the time before war, put us in limbo. Mm. My first time tasting a can of bubbling vimto. I'm starting to forget, holding on to my grandfather's sebha, feeling how every bead hurts. Nothing can keep us together. We're like broken scenes, forgotten dreams, lost in the branches of my family tree, mm. like fragile sticks, half-broken twigs. Yet still,
2: I belong to the tree. Ooh. Thank you.
3: Sarah. Yes. Ooh. Wow. Thank you. Yo, <laughs> <laughs> you know, last time I heard it like behind, at last door yeah and yeah be, be, when you were shooting with Yamoria yeah and today I get to like listen to it properly and whew, I really don't have words Yeah. I feel like uh, that does sort of hold what we're talking about with language yeah. and culture yeah like it just holds it Yeah. really like a full embrace on the topic mmm you know.